Welcome to Ecofuturists, a podcast that looks at solutions being put in place today to enrich and support our livable futures. So hi, Felix. Uh, yeah, um, we're here at uh, WOMAD and you actually opened uh, WOMAD, the, the main uh, event on Friday night with Cat Empire. Mm. And I've been a fan of yours for, for some time. I was really interested to, to see you perform live. Great. I wondered, uh, just uh, as an opener, how you might describe your music. It's kind of a little bit of a mixture between kind of Middle Eastern meets reggae. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so between those places. <laughs> uh, the Cat Empire's music is really hard to explain. We've been, I've been touring with that band for such a long time and doing interviews with them, and I'm, I still don't have a neat answer to, to describe what they do. Yeah. I think all I can say is that it has a, a wide range of influences and I think people associate an experience with the Cat Empire. It's sort of an intent of playing mm. um, that's very uh, celebratory, very dynamic. It's um, full of contrasts like, you know, uh, reggae to the Middle East. It's a, it's a long, long passage, <laughs> <laughs> a long way away and, and, and there's a lot of styles of music in between that as well. But uh, look, it's, it's, a, um, it's a band that's been influenced by music from all over the world but still carries something in, inherently Australian in its sound, I think. And um, mm. yeah, it, it works at a festival like Loma. It feels very at home here. Yeah. And uh, it's quite a big band as well. Eight or nine? Eight uh, on stage. Yeah, actually. eight yeah. on stage. And yeah. obviously a lot of different influence coming in with Harry yeah. uh, singing bits as well. So it's nice dynamism as well between the different styles. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, that band's always been based on, on um, contrasting elements, you know, personalities, um, styles. Uh, you know, tempo songs. There's not that many songs that are exactly the same to each other. You know, you go and see some bands, and, and I love some bands for this, but more or less, you go there to hear a sound and, and, and that style, and you go deep into that. Whereas the Cat Empire is so based on on um, sort of colliding yeah. differences. Yeah. yeah. And I guess uh, I guess you you know you can perform as an artist, and you can uh, and encourage people to have a good time through music, and we're. You know, we, we engage with music, we like to dance with music, but a lot of uh, Cat Empire's kind of uh, mission a little bit is around some of the, the messaging that goes uh, along with some of your music. And so you do a lot of, you know, uh, songs and specific lyrics, uh, some, of, yeah, uh, some of that. And uh, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of your motivation for that kind of activism side of the messaging uh, around some of your art? Well, it's, it's a very good question and I, I think I've come to a point where I'm sure inherently that the song has to be good before there's any activism <laughs> around it. Because that, nobody's going to listen to it if it's a bad song, is it? Nobody's yeah. going to listen to it and I'm, you know, nobody's interested in it. But it's also, you, you become a musician because you want to enter into the mysterious, you want to enter into that other language and that's the, the joy of the thing, you know, and you can kind of lose yourself in it. But if, if that's good, if you found us a space um, where, where that can um, really light up, then in a secondary way you can you have an opportunity to write songs and songs are very simple and they are, um, are a good way of, of saying something that you feel or they're a good way of articulating things that you might be um, angry about, inspired by. Yeah. So, so I guess that's how I've always treated it. I mean, this is in the Cat Empire and Spin Effects Gum as well. That. Mm. Um, Sometimes it may seem as if a song is overtly political or overtly something, but I always have to remind myself and then other people that it starts from an unexplainable place, any song, and, and, and eventually becomes something that's hopefully simple and able to um, 
you know, bring an audience to life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we have quite a tradition here in Australia uh, yeah. around some of the, the protest songs, you know, Absolutely. Midnight Oil and Peter Garrett, yeah. you know, who went on Absolutely. then to express uh, his, uh, I guess, scepticism with the uh, system through, through getting involved in politics directly. I'm a huge so. fan of the protest yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. And, and we do have a very, a great history of that in Australia. Um, yeah. I did, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with Peter a fair bit mm. on Spin Effects Come and um, spoke to him about that sort of thing. And I think what protest songs offer and is, is they offer a different style of um, songwriting. You know, like you, you can spend a long time just writing about your own response to something, you know. It, it, it has inherently something that's personal and, and that, but that's limited. You know, if you just write that all the time, then then you're kind of um, a little bit hamstrung, I think, as a, as a songwriter. And if you write other genres, if you write, if you choose to write something about a context, a story, some, you know, tell a story of someone else. There's just a great tradition of that sort of songwriting, or of a situation, or of um, of something that's overtly uh, protesting, yeah. something you disagree with. And they're, they're, they're you know, purely from a um, from a writing perspective, a stylistic one, they offer you a chance to get better at your craft. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So what, what, what are some of the key issues that really motivate you, you know, the kind of key topic areas that you're personally involved in for the activism side? Well, I think um, with the Cat Empire, I started um, getting serious about climate change and the messaging around that in 2009 I read Tim Flannery's The Weathermakers and, oh yeah and that, that really it's um, an incredibly depressing book isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's miserable but sorry Tim uh, no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but it's it is miserable <laughs> unremittingly miserable uh, and there's kind of no hope at the end like, <laughs> no, uh, it, you it know, offers you a yeah I just slip notice. my wrists right no. now uh, and <laughs> well here's, here's the thing here's the thing I don't think I, I don't look at life as, a, as an either or all in, in, in that sort of a way and so Tim Flannery's book I at that time moved me yeah. not because it's, yeah, it had a morbid outlook on, on the world which is probably and, and it justified. was the first one to really flag the issues it so was, coherently it, it yeah, did and, yeah. and it made it, it, made it um, I, I could go in without much knowledge on the topic and, and really feel as if I could take that on for myself you know, yeah. which I think is effective in a book but that um, I, don't, I don't see things as being either your, I think you can be faced with something that's deeply troubling um, even impossible, and yet we live. You know, like this is this is the the beauty of being alive. I think as a human is that you have this this ultimate reality that you're going to die, and you know you probably will, and yet you find <laughs> you, you find a way to celebrate. You you find uh, opportunities to create WOMED festivals, and you find right. opportunities yeah. to to sing about your pain and and make people dance about you know among other things. I'm talking about. So so um, I guess back to the topic um climate change really moved me and, and that sparked a song called no longer there within the cat empire and that was probably the first time that we went i went very overt and spin effects gum has been an extension on that and, and that's a project that has really stepped into a much um a much clearer stronger protest line there are yeah. songs like miss jew um locked up that, that have brought us directly directly in contact with those families and with that, that situation in Australia and the beauty of that project for me is that you can sing about something that's almost impossible to hear from one person but the collective of a youthful um, choir singing allows that collective to carry that weight together yeah. you know? and so yeah. there's something very liberating um, about that it, yeah, it, it transcends just the I think this, you think this um, sort of I agree or disagree perspective on things and says we're singing about something which has happened 
we're protesting about it, but there's an inherent sense of optimism and, and beauty underneath yeah. it as well. And that's been um, really the project of a lifetime because it's given me access to to that new way of, of thinking about things. You know. So maybe, maybe tell us a little bit more about Spinifex Gurm and what, what are the issues that you're really uh, aiming to highlight uh, with that project? You mentioned the name but uh, and the kind of uh, call aspect for that. Yeah. But what, what are some of the key issues there? Well, look, the key issues I, I think um, are really how I, how I place myself in Australia and, and the choir is made up of Aboriginal Torres Strait, um, all-female choir from North Queensland mm. and, um, and I've spent a lot of time in the Pilbara and the Pilbara is also a very evocative landscape and, um, and place because you have, you have the iron ore industry there, you have the wealthiest section of Australia in a way. Right. Um, Colliding with 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 some yeah. of some, with some of its mo- most um, difficult and confronting aspects of Australia, and so that, the most neglected and remote communities. Exactly, on Earth. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right next door. You yeah, know? yeah. And, so, and just seeing that um, fascinated me. So, f- also, also, I was interested by the sound of it. So, the sound of it being the iron ore trains, the, the, the sonic quality of those those things actually captured my imagination too. So, it, and, and then I had the chance to work with these fantastic young singers, the Malia Choir. And Lynn Williams, who's an, an amazing conductor, and Deborah Brown from Bangara, um, artists like Briggs, Emma Donovan, Peter Garrett. Um, mm. this, this fantastic collective of people from across Australia mm. singing in, uh, in Jibani in English. And, and mm. So that, that sparked a sort of a five-year journey. And I'll go back to my original point on this, is that it started with a sense of wonder and, and, and not knowing what we would write about. And that turned into something that, that was a sound... Um, a, a youthful sound and, and one that we could sing about um, specific moments, um, very challenging moments in um, in a, the contemporary Australia we live in. Things like deaths in custody, uh, disproportionate rates of um, Indigenous youth incarceration. Um, not only these things. I mean, I didn't didn't set out to write those, but they, they revealed themselves in yeah. a way. And, and it was one of those projects where we, we sort, sort of followed the followed the artistic intent and that led us to, to writing actually very, very direct protest songs in some instances. Yeah. yeah. So the music allows you to tackle some of those issues, recognise some of those issues, but also the fact that you uh, support uh, and, you know, fundamentally respect the art forms of the Indigenous people. Absolutely. That's kind of, you know, that, that's the ultimate. You know, we want to be heard as people. We, we want do. our art form. We want our voice to be respected and understood. Absolutely. And you're taking that and then uh, helping, you know, through, through the platforms that you have access to and the other platforms really helping amplify uh, that voice and issue. Absolutely, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's true. And it, it, I mean, for me, it's also very important to to say that it, it is a challenging space to be in. And I think often people want to say this is an Indigenous issue or this is, and, and then just sort of separate it like that. Whereas this project, we've, we've been very... Um, determined to say we want to make this. What, what does a real collaboration look like? What you know? Yeah. What, what what does something that can't be explained easily in an elevator or, or easily yeah, yeah. to a, to a board look like? How, how do we do that? And, and the only way that I've been able to um, go into this space has been to say: Is the music good? Is it leading us there? Is it is it true? You know? And 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 the answer to that was always yes. And so we were able to. Uh, I was able to go deeper into my own country and my own, my own um, relationship with it mm. through through this wonderful, unexplainable sort of collective of, of youthful voices. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm originally from the UK. You can probably tell by my accent that I, I haven't can, been yeah. here that long. And yeah. uh, I 
I, I find some of the, the relationships uh, here in Australia, particularly with Indigenous communities, quite challenging and quite confronting, Absolutely. particularly yeah. the inequalities that have been uh, visited in the past, but also perpetuate uh, currently. And it's almost something I feel you know, personally embarrassed by, right. because it's my forebears that uh, enacted this uh, within Australia. But then the only way forward is to work together I and so to, to bring yeah. to bring the you know bring what you can to yeah. a healing process. Does, uh, do you think I, that motivates you as well? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know what I'd do without music. Yeah. You know, because you, you, you can objectify things too much. You can say, well, because my parents are and my forebearers are you yeah. know of a colonial place. Everyone, everyone's, everyone takes baggage. You know, you can you, you can't justify life like that. It's it's, it's You've impossible. Got Everybody's life. got generational baggage, haven't they? <laughs> everyone's got. I mean, just just by the fact of being named for starters, it's it's yeah. a nightmare. So, music has offered me a chance to take um, an array of, right. of emotions and 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 escape the objective. You know, and go into a subjective space that's a bit more unexplainable. Mm. And to me, that's firstly just a joy. You know, to, to play music for me is a joy, and that's that's why I do it. And to write music. Um, but it also allows that moment where you can not just be yourself and not just be um, the person responsible for that. Or, you know, like you, you can actually leave a space and, and look at it from different angles and say, we're all, we're all culpable to a degree, you know, if we, if we want to justify it like that. And I think people flog themselves really hard and it's, and it's a bit of a shame. You know, they do. I think it's a yeah. shame. But I, I also have to say that I've been very blessed to have music as a medium to... Um, I think avoid bitterness, you know, yeah. and, and, and difficulty like that as much as I possibly can. Yeah. So, and it's interesting the role of uh, music and the arts in society as well. So, uh, I mean, it has been used, you know, traditionally as a kind of protest medium, but also yeah. an enjoyment medium. Mm. I guess when times are good in society, it might do more on the uh, enjoyment side. Yeah. But then when it gets bad or when issues need to be raised, it yeah. might be uh, <laughs> a mechanism that's used for that. So, would, you know, how do you see um, how do you see uh, music filling that gap? Obviously, <laughs> we're kind of uh, a time at the moment where perhaps not all of us are too happy with the political uh, system that's going on. We recognise some of the issues which are around. Is music yeah. a way to really help bring people to express some of their their views in that space? Or absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, two things come to mind. One is one is yes, music can be very very specific about something. You can celebrate something with music. You can protest something with music, and and you can be quite articulate in in, in a way. Yeah. And then in another sense, I think music allows us to always realise that things aren't quite as they seem as well. You know, like one of the most wonderful things is you hear these these um, songs in other languages and, yeah. and you think this must be the, the, the happiest song I've ever heard kind of thing and then you, <laughs> the lyrics are about some gang killing or something like yeah. that and it's like and so so music is able as a uh, as a thing in itself to say there is it's not just about the individuality of, of emotions it's about a collective you know music yeah. can be it can can embrace a sort of an inherent violence in it and that can be that can be amazing you get you know you get these words like blazing killer cutting they're all they're all terms of endearment for musicians you know like and, and yeah and but that doesn't mean that, that you're, you're harboring a logical um, intent to be violent but it means you can you can as a form it, it's able to take on so much you know and and you're able to um, celebrate something which is usually um, mourned and you're able to mourn things which uh, which are but, but there, there, there remains, you know, the sense of um, of uplift. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't can't quite finish <laughs> how to say that, except that it's um, it's clear when I'm on stage sometimes or when I'm writing that that this is a, a place that becomes a bit of a wash. You know, you no longer think think oh, 
this equals that. You're just in a space where you can um, be in another language, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess it's a deep, a deep language spoken by everybody. You exactly. Music appeals yeah. to that base, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting being at a festival like this because there's music in so many different languages and different cultures, and, and musicians have learned. I learned music in a sort of semi-Western tradition, I guess. I learned how to read notes and, and you know, the the um, the piano and, and, and that harm, harmony there. And there are musicians here who learn music totally differently. And then I, I got interested in music from other countries because I didn't understand the words. And I loved right. that, you know, because... Yeah. The, but there was still an inherent sense of, I think I know what this is for me, you know. You know, so there's... It excites um, a universal language, I think. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. which no one no one quite understands, but they, they sort of feel it, you know. They they, they celebrate it, and I'm, I find that to be a very enjoyable thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just take a break, just for a minute. What's the background like? <laughs> <laughs> Bad. We'll just have to. We'll just see. keep going. Just we'll be able to do it post production. We'll... Why don't you just yeah. uh, tip it that way around? Yeah, I was do that. Block yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of coming from there. That would be right. Just talk a bit louder. Yeah. Um, it's a festival, you know. I know. If we didn't have music going on in the background, it would be a sad festival, yeah, wouldn't it? It would be. It's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're ready for it. Yeah. But, uh, I was, I've, I've got a question, with, but yeah, go on. Uh, at some point, speak with Felix sure. about what um, he might. Sorry, I'm speaking to a third person. Ooh, um, about what she did that to me earlier. It's fine. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, um, what he might be doing. Um, with policy or with politicians yeah, or on the ground, um, rather or in complementary to yep. communicating it through music. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there we go. We might uh, kick off with that one. So. Go now before they start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been talking a bit about uh, you know the fundamental appeal uh, of music and also your songwriting as well. Do you actually engage directly politically with any policy makers or any politicians or with any other groups that are doing kind of on-ground actions? Yeah, uh, lately I have. I mean, the last um, so three years with Spinifex Gum has been very much entering into that space for me, mm. um, which has been new. I mean, for instance, we uh, had a project where we asked people to sing with the choir on an online, online platform, and by doing so they were... Um, lending their voices to a petition we brought to um, to Parliament House. So we started at the Gama Festival, mm. and and thousands and thousands of Australians sang with the choir on, on this. And by so instead of ticking a box in um, you know on an email or something like this, it was we, we presented a track to Senator um, Dodson and Minister Ken Wyatt um, at Parliament House to to a, a sort of packed room of politicians there. So that was an instance where we. Um, in support of the Uluru Statement from the Heart, mm. we're able to directly um, engage with politicians, I guess. And um, when the Miss Jew song came out, um, we had we had contact with several several activist organisations. And so, with those politicians, did did they act on that? You know, it often it's quite easy to present something, but the you know the proof of the pudding is in the uh, well, in the action, isn't it? Well, the Uluru Statement from the Heart and its yeah. call for voice, treaty, and truth telling hasn't been acknowledged nearly as well as it needs to. And yeah. but again, I look as a musician. Um, our primary role is to to excite um, a response in people from an emotional mm. point of view and from from a space where they it may influence them or may not. But I can't stand here and say no. They they heard our they heard our 
you know, vocal petition of a very beautiful song and, and yeah. went, went and changed policy. Now, this is something that's going to require a referendum, and it's, it's, there's a huge, huge amount of, of work that goes around that. So, no, but and we, it's probably not just a single event either, is well, it? It's no, probably it's, a it's number not, of. It's not uh, at all. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I also don't think that you, you can. I think this, this sort of solutions style of like. It's too simplistic to, yeah. to say it that way, and, and as a musician, I want to avoid being in that space too much. Um, but what we 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 were very um, with that very intent on doing something very deliberate, you know, like actually being there and being in front of politicians and performing. And I think that they were moved. And whether it whether it changes anything or not in, in a logical way, I can't I can't say. But we have interacted with with a space that we wouldn't otherwise have, and and we were in the room with with several several high-profiled um, politicians yeah, at the yeah, moment yeah. who, who um, are capable of changing policy um, and we'll, we'll see, see where that leads. But we're part of a much bigger, yeah. much bigger collective and, and I don't want to take more credit than, no. than we should, but, but we, we do what we can. And you're playing your part uh, in that collective, as you say. Yeah. Well, I think so, yeah. And, and, and again, I come back to the, to the fact that I don't, don't feel like that's a chore. I, my, I'm very clear internally that I, I make music because I think it's beautiful, you know, and I don't need any more explaining than that. And, and occasionally that's brought me into, you know, m- more active um, political situations. But that doesn't mean that that, um, that was the sole purpose from the beginning. The sole purpose is always to create something that's going to surprise and uplift and... Um, and change people's perspective from the everyday, I think. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that really struck me earlier on in the conversation, it's kind of this ephemeral nature of happiness. <laughs> so, so, during bad times, art and music can be used to elevate, uh, you know, elevate the soul and uh, reinvigorate and take your mind off that your life's really shit. Uh, okay, so you do that. but. <laughs> so a message of hope for the future, you know, we're all going to end up in really bad jobs and the environment's <laughs> going to be really bad, but we'll still have, you know, artists making our lives better. It's kind of a, a matrix uh, kind of scenario for the future. Anyway, so uh, just uh, one of the things that uh, tipped me. But, of course, you know, we've never had it so good as today. And in yeah. the past, it has been much worse. Society's been worse, you know. You might have only lived to 40 years old. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the arts really allow people to escape from their, their life and the drudgery of that life I would hate to think that we're going back there again I'm sure we're not but uh, it just kind of struck me about uh, past versus future no I, I feel yeah. I feel the same way in, in, in so far as I'm, I don't I don't wake up every day and say everything's everything's awful um, I, I get troubled by things and you know I think everyone does and there's several things that are happening where you and you need to be you know because you, you're troubled by something enough and then you then you try and process it and do something with it you know the environment being case in point I think you know and, and there are there are but I'm, I'm inherently I can't help being an optimist yeah. in a way I think I am an optimist deep down um, and I think I've, I can thank music for that and the ability to write about things you know because yeah. I, I can I can use what I'd otherwise suffer yeah. <laughs> and that's 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 cause for celebration for me I guess and, and I also think you know we're alive so let's let's try and make the best of it every generation's had a reason to you know to feel as if things are awful but uh, things aren't all awful. Yeah. No. There's some exciting stuff happening, and there's also the possibility of change. Just the possibility of genuine revolution. What would that look like, or, or, or a genuine change into something else? That that possibility alone, I don't know what it is, is um, is enough to wake up and uh, 
and have a crack at it. Yeah. yeah. That hope for the future is uh, what we can uh, pass on to. Well, Felix, thanks very much. That's been a fantastic uh, chat. Oh, I really cheers, Andy. Uh, yeah. enjoyed the discussion. Really yeah. felt we, uh, we got into some interesting areas. Oh, and so uh, thanks so much. My yeah. pleasure. Thanks, Andy. Food Futurists, a podcast talking about amazing global food solutions.